All right, everybody, welcome. Welcome, welcome. Good to have you here. Thank you, Anjali, for opening your beautiful home. Um, did you want to say a few things before we start? Let's get started. Cool. All right. So, so I'd just like to invite you to be really present, really present with yourself, really present with this environment, experiencing your experiences, noticing sense experience, noticing inner experience, and we'll get more refined as we go along. But just start with this much. Just knowing where you are and knowing what's happening inside of you. Today's topic is very interesting. It's called Awakening Multidimensional Consciousness. And it's got a fancy title. And let's see if we can demystify it as we go along. So my intention is I just want to start with a little bit of time, maybe 20 minutes or half an hour, just laying the framework, laying the foundation. And then we'll get into some practices together. And we'll actually experience this to the best of our ability. So we go beyond just intellectual knowledge, and it becomes more like an experience, something that we can actually taste, because that's what intends to stay with us, not concepts. The actual taste of it stays with us. So on the onset, I'd like to say that everything I will tell you today is not the truth. <laughs> it's a story. It's an approximation of the truth. Like if I say, I'm Nitya Shanti, that's just a name. And some people say, is that really your name? <laughs> but it's my legal name. But is that really my name? What's, what is a real name? <laughs> Call me by my true names. <laughs> so everything I'm going to tell you today is a story. Right? So when we go to watch a movie, we suspend a part of us that's too cynical, too skeptical. It's just a movie. You know? So okay, and fantastic things can happen. And sometimes there are real big gaps in the storyline. And we're like, what happened there? That doesn't make sense. But anyway, it doesn't matter. It's a story. It's a movie. Right? And so we go along with it. So I want you to actually relax that critical thinking part. That has its purpose. It has its place. In today's gathering, I want you to consciously relax that. Because I'm not telling you the truth. So you already don't have to figure out is it true or is it not. It's not true. <laughs> it's an approximation. It's a pointing, right? And the point is not so much concept. The point is, can it, can it free us? Can it help us? Is it a helpful concept to have? Is it a useful concept to have? For example, I came across this concept called Ikigai. It's a Japanese concept which says, why do you wake up in the morning? And it says there should be four dimensions to this, which will give you clarity about why you wake up in the morning, your purpose of being. So the four aspects are, let's say together, what I love to do, what I'm good at, what benefits others, and what pays the bills. <laughs> pays the bills. Don't miss that one. <laughs> right. So very practical, right? So, so in other words, when you look at your work, then you ask these four dimensions. What do you love to do? What are you good at? 
what can benefit others, what can add to their happiness, and what will also pay the bills. So for example, if children were asked, not just what career do you want, but we asked them a more nuanced question, what do you enjoy doing? What do you find you're getting better at? Where do you find you're impacting others? And how do you think you can make that your life purpose? How, can you, how do you think that you can do it in so well that people will be happy to pay you for it? That's a concept. Ikigai is just a concept. You can add a fifth or sixth dimension, all right, no problem. But the point is it's a concept, it's a helpful concept. It's a concept that's helpful. Right. So we're playing with concepts and we're using concepts to actually unplug us from other concepts. We use thorns to pull out thorns. When we have a thorn stuck in our foot, it's helpful to have a needle or another thorn to pull out that thorn. It gets easier that way. So we use the thorn of a concept to pull out the other concepts. So this afternoon, in fact this yeah, morning, I was in hospital with a friend of mine. Her mother is quite ill and she was in hospital. And the moment I walked in, she was almost in tears. She said, my stomach is hurting and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm belching all the time and it's, it's so hurtful, it's so painful. And, uh, and they told her, this is Nitya, this is not the doctor. She said, I know it's Nitya. <laughs> my stomach is hurting, <laughs> I'm belching all the time. <laughs> I said, yes, it, it, it hurts. And I just listened to her and I held her hand. And then I just made her say a few things, which again are just concepts, right? So I made her say, I'm not this body. <laughs> I'm not this body. I'm not these feelings. I'm not these thoughts. I'm that which knows all of this. And I'm giving up this body. I'm giving up these thoughts. I'm giving up these feelings to whatever I believe in. I asked her, what do you really believe in? She said, I believe in everything. I said, everything is too much. Give me something more specific. She said, I believe in Vaheguru. So, Satnam Vaheguru. All right, so I'm giving it up to Satnam Vaheguru. I'm giving it up to Satnam Vaheguru. And now Satnam Vaheguru is responsible for taking care of the body, taking care of the feelings, taking care of the thoughts. I can't handle it. Satnam Vaheguru, you take care. I'm just going to keep saying Satnam Vaheguru, Satnam Vaheguru, Satnam Vaheguru. And after a while, the doctor came and he spoke to her and he also consoled her. He said, you're going to be fine and we're giving you something. And turns out she's already on too much medication. So she shouldn't hear this talk, but they gave her some placebos. <laughs> and she felt better, right? So getting a non-medicine from a doctor made her feel better. Giving her words that actually are just compressions of sound. And by the end of it, she was much more relaxed. So we used... We used, in a sense, something empty, something false, to liberate her from what was quite real for her, right? So we can use stories in a good way. So one of the things that I've, I found is that it's wonderful to learn the art of storytelling. And we undermine the importance of this. Look at the best leaders. They're great storytellers. They can inspire and they can captivate the imagination of an entire country. Right? of an entire generation. They're good storytellers. The best teacher that you had probably really engaged you. They didn't just talk about concepts. They spun a story around it. For example, a mathematics teacher who brings a cake to class and say, we all want to have cake today, the 20 of us. But I have a question. How do we share it equally? Now it's a puzzle. How do you share this cake equally? And suddenly you can teach fractions now. And I bet those kids will never forget fractions for the rest of their life. Because through the example of a cake, it makes perfect sense. There's one cake, how do you divide it amongst so many students? You see, she used storytelling as a way of sharing the concept. 
So first of all, it's good to know that it's all stories, right? When I tell, when, I, when you know, we meet, we start telling stories. Hey, I'm this, and I live here, and I do this, and and this is what I've learned, and this is what I've done, and this is what I've not done, and we start telling stories. In the beginning, the stories are quite what we call public domain stories <laughs> on your visiting card. So this is called informational conversation. Informational. Where do I live? What's my name? Where do I work? What's my designation? Informational. As we go along, the stories get more in the private domain, stuff that we don't fully always post on Facebook, right? Or if you do post it on Facebook, then we have very control over who our friends are and who can see it. <laughs> because these are the more personal stories, the things I'm scared of, right? The, the shame in my life, the challenges in my life, also the joy in my life, also what excites me. So personal stories. And there's one more dimension which we very rarely touch, which is the dimension of the story that's weaving itself in this moment, like a spider weaving the web. In this moment, what story is getting woven? This is a very alive dimension. So please say with me, informational, informational. personal, personal. Relational. relational. Relational is what's alive now. This requires a kind of heightened sensitivity. Because you ask me who I am, I can very easily, all of us can very easily tell a story, this happened, that happened, that happened. But to be alive to now, as I'm telling this story, I can stop and say, hey, but it doesn't feel true right now. <laughs> it doesn't feel, it was so sad my father died when I was young. But you know what, it doesn't feel true right now. Maybe it wasn't sad. <laughs> you can challenge the story. So we are actually our own prisoners. We make, we construct the prison and then we become the prisoner. Prisoner of what? Of the story. We freeze that story. I am this and you are that. And then all our problems come from these frozen stories. Because the truth is I might have changed. My mother went to a prison once. No, I don't think she went to a prison. I think she went to an NGO where there was a prisoner who he had been in prison for a long time. And he had gotten transformed by reading Gandhiji's works while in prison. He used to be a very smart con man. He used to con a lot of people. He went to prison. And somehow he came across Gandhiji's teachings. And his whole mindset changed. And now he was using all his time, I forget exactly what he was doing, but some kind of an NGO, and he was actually using his same talent of just getting people to change their minds in a very helpful way. I forget exactly what he was doing. My mother was so inspired by him. Right. So he was able to rewrite his story, retell his story. So it comes down to this, being a master storyteller. So what I would like from this session, just like I'm a storyteller, I'd like each one of us, we already are storytellers, can we become masterful storytellers? We have all kinds of beliefs. For example, the story of my past is already written, nothing can be done. That is hardwired. At the most, I can change the future stories. But suppose that's also a story. <laughs> Who would you be without that story? Maybe that's also an idea. What stops you from rewriting that? In fact, it does get rewritten. As you go along, you get new perspectives. That changes. Right. So we are living in the mood of the stories that we are telling. We are always living in the feelings of our thinking. We're not living in reality. We're living in our thoughts of reality. Have we ever experienced life without those thoughts? Right. Like even the parts of night we remember, the parts of the night we remember are the thoughts, the dreams. The parts where there were no thoughts, do you remember it? How can you remember it? How do you formulate it? So it was very exciting to me to learn that 
it's possible to change the story. There are so many examples, I don't even know where to start with this. So one of the things I learned is a method called the five-minute miracle. The five-minute miracle is, you take any aspect of your life where you're telling a poor quality story, and obviously it's hurting you and hurting others, and you consciously for five minutes choose a higher quality story. So for example, there is some relationship that's not going well. Whenever you think of that person, you think that they're frowning and you're frowning and there's just this disturbed energy between you. Even if you try to sit down, it, volcanic reaction happens, volcanic, what do you say? Eruption happens. So now you change the story. In your mind, you change the story. And first of all, you see yourself as very calm and relaxed and you're nicely dressed and you step out and you're surprised to find this wonderful person is coming. And they're surrounded with a glow of beautiful light. And your heart starts to glow seeing them. And they see you and you see them and you smile and they smile and you have a lovely conversation and you go and do something fun. And as you're doing that, you're feeling so relieved. I'm so glad that's behind us. I'm so glad it's over now. And you're feeling a wonderful connection with this person. You just feel that. You really, really feel that. And then you let it go. This takes about five minutes to do. And I began playing with this method and I was amazed. Changing the story in my head began changing the story in my life. Literally, it was amazing. The relationships improved. Sometimes there were dramatic shifts. And I've taught this to so many people since. There is one lady, and I've, in the early days when I was teaching this, she got really professional about this. She kept a diary where she would, make a, she would keep a record for every person she did this. And literally the miracles that happened from it. She, was a yoga, she is a yoga teacher. She'd talk about the students she'd pray for. This is a kind of prayer, isn't it? You're kind of wishing well for the person. Some relationship that was stuck. And not just people. It could even be for projects. It could even be for things. She would change the story in her head and she'd do it very intently with great focus, and she'd really feel it. There's a nice saying, please say it with me, what we think about, and thank about, is brought about. <laughs> so if you think it, and you thank it, it's done. Right. So uh, that was one example of changing the story. Then I came across this, I was listening to a, to a talk, I don't remember the name of the author now, but she was talking about research, she was, she was researching the power of intention. And she came across this very interesting research of this person who had gone to a hospital and asked for old hospital records. I want to see the old hospital records. So maybe 20 years back. And they had these big ledgers where they kept, you know, who had entered, who had been admitted to the hospital. And what he did was, so already by that time, I mean, this is quite well known, there's a lot of research in prayer now, that they found that, and this was very large numbers of people, like 50,000 people, large numbers of people. People who were prayed for and people who were not prayed for. Was there an empirical difference? And doctors asked a very simple question, is the person doing better than expected, as expected, or worse than expected? And the names of these people, 50,000 people, were broken up into sub, well, that's a lot of people, right? Broken up into smaller lists, maybe 100, 200,000, and they were given to different people who consider themselves healers, or given consider themselves clergy. So priests, and rabbis, and monks, and healers, and new age people, all the people who believe that distance healing can happen, gave it to them, please pray for these, these people. You don't know who they are, just pray for them. And so I'm just digressing from the earlier research. So this is just research that was done, and they found very clearly that people who were prayed for, there really was, they were tended to do better than expected. So what this researcher wanted to see is, what about in the past? So he went and asked for hospital records. And he looked up the common diseases, the kind of challenges they had, the common, the, he found out the average time they tended to spend in hospital. And he made two lists, the lists of people, the one was a control group, and one was the experimental group. And for this group, for I forget for how long, maybe a month or two, he just prayed for this group. May you be healed, may you be well, may you be healed, may you be well. And he went back and checked. He looked at the full record and he found the people he prayed for tended to get 
what do you say, released from the hospital faster than average than the people who he didn't pray for. That's crazy. He was paying for the past. How can that be? I mean, this is the past. You can change the past. You can rewire your past. These kind of things start blowing your mind, opening your mind up. Right? This is like infinite possibilities right here. If you can change your past, that changes everything. Yeah? You don't get it. Even I don't get it. <laughs> you don't get, how do you get to something like this? Right? You're praying for someone in the past, and they're actually healing. They're leaving the hospital faster than the people he had not prayed for. Right? So one thing you start realizing, as you become more sensitive to your inner being, like when I was 16 years old, I learned meditation. And the first big insight that hit me, it was huge, was that I'm creating my suffering. It was a bitter pill to swallow. Because until then, it was very clear, people are doing it. You know, my mom is doing it, my friends are doing it, my teachers are doing it. I mean, I'm the innocent one over here. <laughs> Look at me, you know, what have I done? <laughs> but it struck me so hard that I'm doing it. Nobody else is doing it. I'm doing this. I'm creating my suffering. So the bitter pill to swallow. But when I swallowed the pill, something amazing happened. I began taking back the remote control of my happiness. So if I'm creating my suffering, guess what? I can also choose my states of being. That's great news. I'm not dependent on the moods of others, the choices of others, the actions of others. I'm not that dependent on the environment anymore. Take back the remote control of my happiness. So what I began to realize is that, especially I lived with a monk for a while, so especially when I was a monk, laboratory conditions, same place, similar people, I mean, pretty much same monks, same timetable, I mean, there's not that much, that, it's like laboratory, right? It's not like every day here we have very different householders, we have very, usually very different lives, there's a lot of stuff is happening. Monk life is rather simplified. And of course, there also different stuff happens, but not so much. Then why is it one day I wake up feeling so exuberant and so happy and grateful, and some days I wake up just feeling hopeless, and nothing's going to ever happen with me, and I'm just the scum of the earth? Why? It's not the place, it's not the people, it's me, it's my thoughts. I'm living in the feelings of my thinking. It's the quality of the story that I'm spinning in that moment. So the quality of our story is the quality of our experience. Right. So to first realize that it's all a story. As long as you think there's something outside of a story, then you're giving your power away. Because see, then that's obviously beyond your control, right? You can't change that. But just take the leap with me for now and just assume it's all a story. Everything is, okay, let's just say it like this. Everything is open to questioning. Let's just say that, right. including the idea that it's all a story. It's all open to questioning. So in other words, whatever thought we have, we should be fearless in asking, am I absolutely sure that's true? Can I absolutely know? Can I not just superficially know it's true, but can I absolutely know that it's true? And don't just give up easily. Whatever answer comes, ask again, and am I absolutely sure that that is true? And am I absolutely sure that that is true? For example, Something that, I just tried this with myself. I, I keep playing these thought experiments. So I think yesterday morning, this, I said, let's, let's take something that's obviously true. We're all going to die. I'm going to die, you're going to die, we're all going to die. Am I absolutely sure that's true? I mean, of course, we're going to die. I mean, really, we do die, isn't it? And go a little bit deeper. So what's going to happen when I die? So then this body is going to disintegrate. So then did the body really die? I mean, what is this body? The body is, is hardness in this body. There's, there's fluidity in this body. There's warmth in this body. Has that died? Has the hardness gone? Has the fluidity gone? Has the warmth gone? The entire spectrum of temperature, has that gone? Have the elements of the body gone? No, they've not. Actually, the body is still there. I mean, there's something that's still alive, right? Something didn't die. The earth, water, fire, air, space element in the body didn't die. Oh my goodness. 
something didn't die. So it's not absolutely true that we die. And when I die, do people think of me less or more? They probably think of me more. I'm still alive. In fact, I'm actually more alive for them. <laughs> Maybe my family will think of me a lot more <laughs> after I die. Some, some of you will think of me a lot more. Who knows, right? So do we really, if you start questioning something that's so obvious, and then we question it, it opens up a universe. Wow, I never thought of it like that. So if you're feeling very heavy and caged in, could it be we're telling a stale story? We're telling a story that's not in alignment with our innermost knowing. Can we update that story? Is that possible? I came across a book called uh, Power Versus Force by, I think it's uh, David Hawkins, Professor Dr. David Hawkins, Dr. David Hawkins. And he talks about uh, the level of consciousness. And uh, he says that there are lower levels of consciousness which have got less power, and there are higher levels of consciousness which have got huge power, right? So I don't fully remember them, but broadly it goes something like this. At the lowest level, he says, is shame. Shame and guilt, just hopeless. Nothing is, I mean, just worthless without any, you know, any kind of, uh, it's just not deserving of anything, scum of the earth. When you're on that level, sometimes you feel suicidal, because really, what's the point? Scum of the earth, shame, right? Then we have guilt. Then we have depression, sadness, depression, melancholy. Then we have anger. Then we have fear, is it? Oh, there's fear, then there's anger. Then there's acceptance, isn't it? Acceptance. Anyway, some, somewhat like that. So we have the lower spectrum. And by the way, it's, it's not good or bad. It just is what it is. We're not saying good or bad, right? It's a certain state of being. It's a certain frequency of being. And how the life energy in us is different at different times. So he actually said anger is actually a pretty good place to be because anger is actually better than depression. He said that if you can get depressed people angry, then they're actually moving in a good place. Because at least the energy is flowing. <laughs> but otherwise, it's so kind of stuck and stagnant. Guilt is anger turned inwards. Your anger is hurting you. And then anger is flowing outwards. Let's move. Life is moving. And the turnaround happens with, I don't think it's acceptance. I think it's even below acceptance. But you can check out the scale. And then, okay, then, do you remember? Tell me. Tell me what comes next. There's something before after anger as well. There's a sense of, I think there's willingness that comes. And the highest ones, of course, are, we'll come to that. But then there's acceptance, which is pretty high up. And then there is, uh, there's joy, there's, there's love, there's peace. And there's oneness. And this is the scale. And what he said was that at each level, we experience the universe differently. So it's not the same universe. Each one of us here, depending on the kind of consciousness you're at this moment, your experience of this room is entirely different. What I'm saying is getting interpreted in your brain entirely differently. It's getting encoded, hitting you in entirely different ways. For someone, this is completely impractical, makes no sense. For someone, it's exactly what they need to hear. Right. For someone, they're catching the silence in between what I'm saying, and that's what's precious. So you see, it's your state of consciousness. So one thing he said there was that all these lower-grade levels of consciousness, so suppose I'm kind of distracted and worried and, you know, stressed out and da -da 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 throughout the day, little moments of acceptance here and there, and then for five minutes in the day, I sit and I just intently send out loving wishes to my grandchild or to my friend. And what he says is, those five minutes will clean up the rest of the day. <laughs> in other words, high levels of consciousness are balancing out the lower levels of consciousness. There could be a lot of people in this world who are ignorant and deluded and running around, like, you know, confused. But there can be few who are actually quite clear 
and they are balancing out the rest. Which is why we say that the, the, the people who are meditating in the Himalayas are purifying the Ganges. All the, the rest of us are just polluting the Ganges and using the Ganges, like literally using the Ganges for our own purposes, literally. But there are a few people up there who are sitting in the Himalaya, that's the saying in India, and the entire Ganges gets purified by their pure, beautiful intention. So what this means is, so look at it in, in different ways. So one is that irrespective of what's happening in my family, in my organization, in my country, just me or a few people like me, as we raise our consciousness, it has an impact on the whole. And it has a logarithmic impact. It has an exponential, geometric proportion impact, not the normal impact that you would imagine. <clears throat> not that what can poor little me do. One person, you've seen today's world how quickly one person sings an inspiring song, it goes viral. Millions of people have a shift of consciousness at least for a few minutes. Right? One person does a kind act. They save, I saw this video of this, uh, some animal that was drowning, I forget what it was, falling through an ice thing, and this man gets into ice cold water and goes and rescues his animal. He himself could have got hypothermia. That touches your heart. Wow, he didn't have to do that. He went and saved that animal. Right? So these things touch our heart. They raise our consciousness. And also, every time you do this, you inhabit a different universe. Every time you do a kind act, you've entered a different universe now. And when you look at your past, you will look at your past differently. You look at your past with new glasses now. You look at your future with new glasses now, because you have now entered, a, so your past is not static. Your past changes. As you get kind to yourself now, and you're kind to others now, you start being kind to your past now, you're kind to your younger self now. Of course, it's all right. That's what I knew at that time. That's what they knew at that time. That's the way it is. So it starts getting more fluid. So levels of consciousness. A simpler way of saying this, please say with me, behind every problem, behind is, an is an amazing possibility. Behind the possibility, behind the possibility is, pure is pure joy. Behind the joy, behind the joy is, this is this present moment. Behind the present moment, the present moment is, my is my true nature. What I focus on, I focus expands. on expands. So right here you have the level of consciousness. When you focus on problems, financial problems, health problems, relationship problems, you know what your state of consciousness is like. You get stuck. It's heavy. It's dense. It's, you don't feel like there's much room to maneuver, right? You know what it's like. You feel like you've been bound up. You bound yourself up by that way of thinking. Problems never get solved by focusing on problems. You can think for a hundred years that this is a problem, this is a problem, this is a problem. One of my teachers, Byron Katie, was doing a session. And this man gets up and says, I was, I forget how old, eight years old, and we'd gone to the beach, and I was wearing my swimming trunks, and all the kids laughed at me. He's fat. He's ugly and fat. And that stuck. And now he's what, maybe he, in the video he looked, he seemed to be early 50s. He said, I can't get this off. I'm fat. I'm ugly and fat. You see, that story stuck. For all those years, that story stuck, and he can't peel it off. He didn't realize this story. He took it to be reality, you see? When you can't distinguish story from reality, or the reality that it's all story, let's just say that, then it sticks really hard. So in that same video, this video is called Turn It Around. It might be on YouTube, uh, Byron Katie. And so in this, other, in this video, there's another lady who stands up and says, when I was a young girl, I did something. My mother got really angry at me. And she shouted at me and said, you're a hateful, hateful little girl. You're a hateful, hateful child. And somehow it just 
that just penetrated so deep and it took away my innocence. And I felt from that day that I was somehow never worthy. I was never lovable. And many, many years later, I had a little girl. And she dropped something in the kitchen. And I was irritated and I said, you're a bad girl. You're a bad girl. And she looked up with me with anger flashing in her eyes and she said, me not a bad girl, me good girl. <laughs> and she said, when I could pick my jaw that I'd fall on the floor back. I said, well, I had that choice. <laughs> she didn't buy it. She didn't take on the story. She saw through it. The girl had that wisdom to say, no, that's not true. Me good girl. Right? So we are our own tormentors. People are going to spin all kinds of stories around us. Are we going to get hypnotized by them? Right. Let's start waking up. Let's start waking up from our own stories, the other stories we've taken on, the stories we're giving other people, and how many stories within stories within stories, dreams within dreams within dreams. Within one day, how many dreams? Don't like this city. Don't like the people. Oh, like the people. This will be a good talk. I'm not sure about this guy. How many stories? Spinning, spinning, spinning. How much we are spinning? We're only meeting a reflection of our own consciousness at any given point of time. We're only meeting our own stories. So these are all levels of consciousness, right? So when you focus on problems, you experience a certain state of being. You know what that is. And you can classify it as whatever you like. But then you shift and you ask yourself, well, what can we do about this? Fine, this is what's happening. But what can be done about this? What's the possibility here? I saw this video where there were these... Uh, I think Oakland in, uh, in California, there are these gangs, these gangs, these rival gangs, they keep fighting. And there's something called Fruitvale Avenue. So Fruitvale Avenue, along, as you go further down the avenue, there are two gangs, rival gangs keep fighting, and there have been all kinds of craziness that have gone on over there. And these two guys decide to shift the, the situation. How can these two guys shift the situation? It's called Fruitvale Avenue with a lot of fruit trees. Right? And there's so many fruits that people can't handle. I mean, nobody picks them up. They're going to go waste. So they come, they knock on the neighbors, and they say, you know, would you mind if we collect your fruits for you? And we'll give you some. And the rest, would you mind if we give to the people on the other side of the road? And they're like, really? You want to do that? So go ahead, do it. So they take the fruits from this side of the road, and they go to the other side of the road, and say, this is a gift from your neighbors on the other side of the road. And something that was already there, just somebody decided to do something about it, and they start creating healing. And healing starts to happen between these two gangs. In that same video, this is a video, a TED Talk by Nipun Mehta. He talks about uh, this man who comes out of a subway station, true story, and uh, this boy, maybe 12 or 13 years old, in the dark alley, pulls out a knife on him and says, give me your wallet. And so he reaches in his pocket, and he hands him the wallet. And as the boy is running away, he says, hey kid. Boy turns around. It's cold. Do you want my jacket as well? The kid is blown away. What's that about? So very suspiciously, he comes back. And the guy just hands him the jacket. And as the kid's about, but now the whole energy has changed. <laughs> and as he's about to go, he says, I was going to have something to eat. You want to join me? <laughs> so now the kid is really disarmed. And they actually go and they have a meal together. And they have a very interesting conversation. And then when the meal is over, he says, I would love to treat you, but you got my wallet. <laughs> and the kid hands him back the wallet. And then he says, I want one more thing. Can I have your knife as well? You see, it creates a transformation because he changes the level of consciousness. At the level of problem, nothing can be done over here. At the level of it being a problem, it's a problem, right? But he immediately goes to love. 
He goes to a high level of consciousness. This poor kid, there's no one to mentor him, there's no one to love him. Right? So when you change the story, you have a capacity to create powerful change in the situation. You have to be a master storyteller. This cannot happen. You can't just suddenly be in that situation and tell a master storyteller. No. You've got to be doing this all the time in your life. Then chances are it might happen in those kind of situations. Or even if that situation happens, how quickly do you process that situation? Oh, he just took my wallet. I'm, I'm safe. He didn't stab me. Right? How fast do you change the story? The faster you change it, the faster you come out of it. Right? So this is what it means to be a masterful storyteller. Byron Katie, the same lady I mentioned earlier, somebody called her up, one of her relatives was quite depressed, I think a nephew, was quite depressed. And uh, he called her up and he said, I have a gun to my head. I want to end my life. Tell me why I shouldn't pull the trigger. And she tunes in, because she's really a master of knowing it's all big stories. Everything is a story. So she tunes in and she says, I can't think of any. And he breaks down and cries. He says, that's the most honest thing I've ever heard. And he puts the gun away. Now, it takes a real willingness to question yourself in that situation. Because she has seen the story that living is better than dying. Not pulling the trigger is better than pulling the trigger. This is the story that we tell. Can you be absolutely sure that not pulling the trigger is better than pulling the trigger? How do you know it's true? So when she questioned that thought, she said, I, don't, I can't know for sure. Tell me a reason why I shouldn't pull the trigger. I don't have any. See, that's the most truthful thing I've ever heard. He put the gun down. You see? So each one is a level of consciousness. Problem is the level of consciousness. In India, we call it tamasic, heavy, dull, lethargic. That's what it does to you. Probab a possibility is rajasic. You get excited. New projects, new ideas, brainstorming. This is the whole realm of uh, you know, pro uh, possibility. Enthusiasm, new book, new, ho new home, new friend, new relationship, newness. Start new things. Everything is possible, evergreen. But you see, uh, just ideas don't satisfy us. All those ideas, all the spinning of dreams and possibilities doesn't satisfy us. We need something more than that. We can't just live in that all the time. So behind that is the joy. As you start converting your possibilities, you start really staying with the possibilities, it becomes a state of being, consciousness. So, Joy. Joy is just like a placeholder. It could e easily be love or kindness, compassion, appreciation, right? So in other words, you don't want things. You don't even want people, actually. You want a state of being. <laughs> and we imagine that person, that thing, that situation will give me access to that state of being. And we've put it backward. We're saying, when the mirror smiles, I will smile. <laughs> when the reflection in the mirror smiles, I will also smile. You got it backwards. In other words, when that happens, I'll be joyful. And so it's very common in our culture to be stressful, 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 and then I'll be happy, right? Great example is marriage. Stress, 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 stress. People are burning and dying. I can barely breathe. And then on the day of the marriage, paint your face. Ah, welcome, welcome. Well, how nice. <laughs> what is this? I mean, it's been such a, you've been, you almost had a nervous breakdown in the process of creating this marriage. <laughs> you know? So the whole journey. Is, is so stressful, and then at the end of it, you want joy. So I'll, I'll practice stress, 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 and then I'll have joy. Will you really be able to have, you'll, at the most, you'll have relief, it's done. <laughs> what you're really having is not joy, it's relief. I can now finally go and sleep now. It's done. No, that's not, we got it backwards. So, two ways to go through life, let's say together. Doing things, doing for, things. Happiness. for happiness. Doing things, doing things. From, happiness. from happiness. 
So at, the, at that level of consciousness, you realize you can actually choose. So there are two ways to arrange the marriage. When it happens, we'll be joyful. The whole process will be joyful. And if it's not joyful, we will question, why are we insisting so much on it being so big or so complicated? Why? What are we trying to do? Oh, it, we have to, it's a society, people will think. And why do you want people to think a certain way? If everyone thinks nicely of you, so you can be okay, right? That's what you really want. At the end of the day, you want to be okay. Well, be okay then. Be okay, make that the priority. Instead of everybody first liking you, at the end of the day, no matter how good the marriage, people are going to have some complaints, some opinions, some judgment. They'll find a one, and they'll find one little uh, dish that was not served the way it wanted. And that's all they'll think of. They'll not think of everything else you did. That's what happens sometimes, right? Or you do so well and they're taking notes. My wedding will be even better than this. <laughs> and they're making notes about how they'll do even even better job. It's all about comparison. So what's the point? Why are we losing our sleep? Spinning stories. Wanting other people, influence the stories in other people's minds. when we haven't even taken care of the stories in our own minds. Right. So then we go from that into the present. And the reason we come to the present is... So right now just everybody. Just come back. Get embodied. I'm going to take you through five gears, right? I'll take you through four gears first, because it's only to take care of. So five gears of shifting into the present. Number one is sense experience. If your eyes are open, notice what you're seeing. If your eyes are closed, notice the darkness or the semi-darkness. And notice that seeing is happening, or there's not much visual input, that's also fine. Just notice that. Come to ear sense doors, notice what you're hearing. In order to hear, you have to be inwardly quiet, otherwise you can't hear. Notice touch, maybe the touch of your hand on your legs or the clothes on your, on your body or the seat you're sitting on. Physical touch. And if there's any taste or scent in the air, notice that as well. Taste in your mouth or scent in the air. And now come deeper, second gear. Come to inner experience. Notice your emotional tone in this moment. Expanded or contracted, heavy or light, flowing or constricted, or if you have a specific word, peaceful, anxious, 
check your emotional tone, and more than the word, sense it. And also any thoughts that are coming. So witness feelings, witness thoughts. Inner experience, gear two. And let's go to gear three, which is even simpler. It's just knowing that knowing is happening. Being conscious that something is conscious. It's a little bit slippery sometimes, but just do your best. Be conscious that you're conscious. I mean, you couldn't hear these words unless something was conscious. But instead of focusing on the hearing, you're focusing on the fact that something's conscious. Every inner and outer experience is revealing consciousness. Something is conscious. And let's assume that even this consciousness is a kind of a burden on your truth, on your true nature. So just put down consciousness, enter the unknown. Who are you without this consciousness? Who are you without this awareness? Who are you prior to all of this? And don't try to get an experience. Let go of everything you know. Enter the unknown. Put down the entire universe. Take a break from knowing. And fifth gear, infinite blessings. 
infinite blessings to think of someone or something and for 10 seconds just allow infinite blessings to saturate that person or situation. So for example, infinite blessings to Renuka's mother who is in hospital. I'm going to think of that. Do you think of anything else? And then be silent for 10 seconds. Try another one. Infinite blessings to fill in the blanks. The families who've lost people in Bombay. The families who've lost people in Bombay in the what happened in Bombay yesterday. You can think of that if you like. Someone else? Say the whole sentence. In child, infinite child. blessings to? A child in hospital, Tanmay Kapoor. So infinite blessings to Tanmay Kapoor with a child in a hospital. Someone else? Infinite blessings to all the orphans in the whole world. And someone infinite, else? Infinite blessings to nature that supports all of us. Infinite blessings to nature that is constantly supporting all of us, that actually is all of us. One more. Infinite blessings to the whole of creation. I'll take a nice deep breath. And let's say together, how wonderful. Want you can drop your hand. Nice and warm. Bring them over your eyes, over your face. Lovely. So we practiced what I call five gear meditation. We went through five gears. The first gear, sense experience. Sense experience is always available to us. So seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching. And you cannot have this. You cannot experience it if you're not present, which is why the teacher always said, pay attention. <laughs> pay attention.
Pay attention to what I'm saying. Pay attention to what's on the blackboard. Or now it is the green board. <laughs> Pay attention, right? The white board. <laughs> Pay attention. So see, hear, smell, taste, touch. Sensory experience. Gate number one. Gear number one. Gear number two, inner experience. Inner experience is predominantly sensations, emotions, feelings, and your thoughts around them. So why do I call it inner experience? Because you may not know, right? I may be having an itch in my back. You may not know that. But if there's a bowl in front of us, we can both say, okay, that's a metal bowl. We can kind of agree on that. Sensory experience, we can kind of, it's like public domain, right? Inner experience, you may not always know what's going on what I'm thinking. You may, you may sense that I'm irritated, but you don't know exactly what I'm thinking, which is making me irritated. So that's my sensations, my feelings, my emotions. And thoughts, and the broadly two kinds of thoughts, visual thoughts, and verb, uh, visual and verbal thoughts, two broad categories of thought. They can be more, but these are the two big ones, two main modalities. So basically, it is from, from a multiplicity of sense experience, we have come down to just three things, images, words, and feelings. Images, words, and feelings. Images, words, and feelings. This is good to know. If you want to change your life, you've got to change your images, words, and feelings about those topics. Let's say together, what I vocalize, visualize, and emotionalize is actualized. Right? And this works for all the levels of consciousness. So at the level of problems, you're verbalizing, vocalizing, emotionalizing what you don't want, don't want, don't want. At the level of possibility, you're verbalizing, vocalizing, emotionalizing. What you really want, really want, really want, can't wait to happen. At the level of joy, you're verbalizing, vocalizing quite little. You're emotionalizing quite a bit. All right? It's a level of feeling tone. All right? At the level of being, now even that, it's just an experience. You're witnessing now. You're at the level of present moment, you're witnessing the inner thoughts, inner words, and inner emotions. And things are actually happening. It's like a happening. Things are happening. So first gear is sensory experience. Second gear is inner experience. Words, images, feelings, broadly. Third gear, we came even behind that, just I am. I am. Not I am this or I am that, just I am. The witnessing consciousness. The knowing that knowing is happening. Aware that there is awareness. And then we went to fourth gear, which is kind of, we took an even bigger leap. So suppose I put that also down. Suppose, because see, anything that's in your experience is automatically not you. If I can see this bowl, then by definition, I can see the bowl, so I'm not the bowl. If I can see this leg, then I can see the leg, so I'm not the leg. <laughs> if I can sense this contraction or this expansion inside of me, then I can, I can see the contraction expansion. I am joyful, therefore I'm not that joy. You see, if I can sense that there is an I am, then that gets really interesting, then I'm not even that I am. <laughs> so now this is when the mirrors really start getting parallel. When the mirrors, mirrors get parallel, you see immediately infinity gets created. As long as the mirror is facing other things, there's a multiplicity. But the mirror facing itself, right away you have infinity. Or you could say you have nothing, right? So you turn back, awareness looks at itself, awareness turns back at itself, and then you even put that down. Who am I without this consciousness? And then people say, uh, I'm not getting it. I don't know what to... That's exactly right. You're if you're not getting it, you're getting it. <laughs> if you're not experiencing anything, you're, that's it. <laughs> right? If you're, if you're confused, well, again, you're trying too hard. Relax. You, know? you can't get this. You can't get this. It's going to get you. You can't get this. It's going to get you. Can you be humble enough? Not everything in life you can get. Right? So let it get you. <laughs> 
And now the grand overall design, G-O-D, grand overall design, the grand operating system, the intelligent infinity, now steps in and it updates your software. What is your software? The story that you tell. Your stories about yourself and others in the world. So now when you re-engage and re-emerge, now you can amplify intention. So we said, for example, infinite blessings too. That's a high quality story. Instead of saying, what can be done? Oh my goodness, people are so callous, nobody cares. They were infinite blessings too. And blessings are powerful. Have no mistake about it. Right. That is the beginning. And of course, you can always do more, but start with that. Too often, we have, we have this great thing of action, action, action. But we don't check where are we coming from. The school project, all the kids were told over the weekend, do something kind for someone. So kids being kids, they didn't do anything, they forgot about it. Monday morning, oh my goodness, we haven't done anything kind. We're in trouble. So they found an old lady, let's help her cross the road. <laughs> so they helped her cross the road, and they helped her cross the road again, and they helped her cross the road again. <laughs> but nobody asked her, do you want to cross the road? She doesn't even want to cross the road. They're so eager to help. We don't even check if they want to be helped. Did you know that some blind, uh, not blind, deaf children, they restore the hearing, and the children get so angry with their parents, why did you do that? This is so crazy, this is so noisy, I was much better off before, before this. We assume that obviously deaf is not good. You know, deaf people have an amazing subculture. They're very comf they don't think of themselves as disabled. They have a very powerful way of communicating. They, they feel much more. They have much richer lives than many of us. Look at us lost in thoughts. All these words have clouded our, our experience. Deaf people are much more in their being. So don't assume that they're disabled. They may be having a higher quality life than you and me. These are stories that we weave. We can't be sure. Who am I without that story? So when you re-engage, the story has gotten updated. Your capacity to see through stories has gotten up. <coughs> so these are the five gears. So what's gear number one, remember? Don't look at your notes. First gear? <laughs> Sense experience. Second gear? Inner experience. Third, third, third gear? Just the I am, just the being. So we've come from multiplicity to trinity, and trinity to singularity, and singularity to the zero. And from the zero, back to infinity. Right? Infinite blessing. So just remember, just a simpler way of remembering, say with me, out, out in, in, I, I zero, zero, infinity. So now you've got a very simple flow. And all of them, each of these gears, is going to raise your consciousness through all the levels you talked about, right? So you'll shift from, in the middle of a problem, you come to sensory experience, and oh, I'm also part of the problem. It's not just them, it's also me. Let me slow down come to sensory experience. What's going on? What's really happening in this moment? Right. Uh, at the level of inner experience, what, am I, what story am I weaving? Right. So at every level, you'll be able to come out of you, unhook yourself a lot faster. The stickiness will reduce. There are five stages for these five gears, so just to complete that teaching. Five gears out, in, I, zero, let go of everything, including zero and the infinity, right? And there are five stages of this, so please say with me. Recognize, Recognize. Revisit, revisit, Refine, refine rest, rest, and realize. realize. So recognize means, like right now, I invited you, just know that seeing is happening. To know that seeing is happening is to recognize, oh, there, yeah, there's sensory experience happening. Yes, yes, some hearing is happening, some seeing. It was happening anyway, just didn't realize it. You were just caught up in the content. So instead of the content, we step back. Context. So recognize to get a taste. 
to get a glimpse is to recognize, takes a moment, to revisit many times throughout the day, right? So one of my teachers, Bentinho, he says very nicely, he says, please say with me, two to five seconds, two to seconds. 12 times a day. <laughs> very practical, all right? Two to five seconds. For two to five seconds, 12 times a day, mute your thinking. How do you mute your thinking? You come to sensory experience. So try everybody. For right now, for two to five seconds, mute your thinking. Try again. Good. Could we do it? Yeah. Any of the first four gears will help you mute the thinking. Even the fifth gear, after you make the intention, when you always pause for 10 seconds, that's also muting your thinking. You could just say loving wishes too. <clears throat> Love and light too. And then you mute your thinking. So now you've handed it over to something larger than yourself. So two to five seconds, 12 times a day. And that's, by the way, minimum. <laughs> you can always do more. <laughs> right? Mute your thinking. And you start getting a taste of this, we call it happy for no reason. We call it the taste of truth. We call it the taste of purification. So recognition, what's the second one? Revisit, recognize, revisit, now refine. So you know, see these two to five seconds are good, but they're not enough. So at least once or twice a day, you want to refine. So sit or stand or walk, doesn't matter, and go through those five gears. What are the gears? Sensory experience, inner experience, just awareness knowing awareness, consciousness knowing that's consciousness, putting even that down, and infinite blessings. If you don't, if all the five gear are too much, just go from one and two and go all the way till five, it's all right. You don't have, if the other middle one are too confusing for you, that's all right. But the point is, you, and this is just one meditation method, the point is you should be able to distinguish the data of your experience from that, which, from the clarity. There is data and there is clarity. There is consciousness and there's a content of consciousness. There is reality and then there's the stories that we tell. To the extent you mix these two up, we are lost in the illusion. So to see a story as a story, to see the dream as a dream, this is what it means to wake up. So glimpse after glimpse after glimpse. So I would say 20 to 30 minutes, this is good. <coughs> For many of us, this is a good start. It's not enough always, but it's a good start. And this'll, this'll, naturally, it'll get momentum, right? So refine. What does refine mean? Distinguish. Again, you'll get caught up in thoughts. Again, come here, but, but I'm supposed to, right now, this is to be now, here. Again, you get caught up again, but this is to be now, here, right? So again and again, and in the beginning, you just glimpse, glimpse, glimpse. Little by little, it gets established. It starts settling, settling, settling. And little by little, you can say, now, I really don't care how much the body is hurting. <laughs> I really don't care how much this mind has been spinning me like a little, you know, like I'm a dog on a leash. Spinning me here, spinning me there. Enough now. So mind, you can keep on spinning. Body, you can keep on doing your body thing. Feelings, you can do your feelings thing. I'm taking a holiday from all of you guys. <laughs> and this is called rest, where you merge into your own beingness. Fourth gear. You merge into your own beingness. It's actually quite a time. It's actually a time to state. You don't know how much time. But you know that you're really there when quite easily one to three to even six to eight hours can go. But I would say one to three hours, you don't even know where time went, like, oh, and you're out of it, like, was that 10 minutes? 
Was that half an hour? You're not quite sure. You have to look at the watch. Oh my goodness, two hours went. Oh my goodness, one and a half hours went. Oh my goodness, three, four hours went. It can happen. Right. And you have literally re-emerged into a parallel universe. It is not the same universe because the physics have changed. For you, the physics have changed. You've seen through the illusion. And when you've seen through the illusion, you have woken up all your vehicles. You have woken up. This is consciousness waking up to itself. This is you, the dreamer, waking up to the extent of your own dream. So every time we go through those gears, we actually re-enter a different reality. It's not the same reality anymore. Your past has changed, your present has changed, your future has also changed. Definitely, when I went for that meditation course, when I was 16 years old, I went for a three-day course, and everything changed. My way of looking at myself changed. My understanding of life changed. My priorities changed, my values changed. I wanted to be a fashion designer. <laughs> And I became a compassion designer. <laughs> In other words, it suddenly didn't matter. Fashion design it didn't matter anymore. Something else was important. This was important. This tasteless taste was important. I got a taste, you understand what's called by the taste of purification. And there's no other taste in this world that can match that taste of purification. All right, so you got the five gears and the five stages. What are the five stages again? First was? Recognize. Revisit, refine, rest, and then realize. And realize is when you can't be fooled anymore. So now come what may, you cannot be fooled anymore. You have thoroughly seen through the illusion. Right. So I love this quote. Let's say it together. There are no enlightened beings. There is only enlightened activity. <laughs> because to believe in a being is just another story. But when beingness is woken up to itself, then there is enlightened activity. There's no enlightened being in this world. So you are just going through the level of consciousness. Right? Throughout the day, the question is, in David Hawking's method, in his, uh, in his scale of uh, consciousness, he just says, how do you know what your level of consciousness is? Basically, where you hang out most of the time. <laughs> That's your level of consciousness, right? You, you can easily access, like right now, we are definitely accessing more refined states of consciousness. There's no doubt about it. But, but we fluctuate, you see? So we go through a variance. So when unwanted things happen, when wanted things don't happen, where do you tend to land up? Where do you end up spending a lot of your time? What's your home frequency? What's your set point? So the reason we do spiritual practice is we want to elevate that. The reason we come for sessions like this and read books and all of that, the whole point of it is we want to elevate that. It'll happen anyway. It'll happen at a really, really, usually a super crazy slow pace. You don't have to go through that super, super crazy slow pace, right? The two ways, a worm that's born inside a bamboo tree has two ways of emerging. One is you climb, 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 segment after segment after segment. Hopefully one day you get out of the top. And the other is you drill sideways. <laughs> so this is about drilling sideways. You don't have to go through it. If you want to, you can go through that process as well. It's fine. It's all valid. I'm realizing I'm speaking more than I wanted to. <laughs> I want to share one more teaching, then we're going to get into practice. All right. So this is a teaching I also learned from Bentinio. And this teaching is called the seven densities. Seven densities of experience. Do we need a little more light? I'm wondering. Maybe put on a little bit more light. <clears throat> so, um, and again, it's a story. But I think it's a very useful story. So it goes like this. First density is the density of 
being. And the things that are in a state of being are the elements. Matter is in a state of being. So just matter, earth, water, fire, air, electricity, energy, states of being, they're just states of being. So existence, existence enters, I mean, existence kind of, this is how the dream begins, with these, with these states of matter. And for a very, very long period of time, it's just matter. It's just earth totally at peace with being earth. Fire, air, space, the states of being, super long periods of time. And little by little, they're rubbing against each other, so the, the, the air is rubbing against the rock, and some change is happening, and you know, the sun and the fire, and all of these elements are rubbing, rubbing, rubbing. As they keep rubbing, 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 in the process of that friction, some organization starts to happen, some magnetism starts to develop. And in that, basic forms of life start to emerge. And that entire scale of these basic forms of life. So the difference is, earlier it was just states of being, now there's locomotion, so now there's movement. Right? And there's also some reproduction. So this is the second density. This is plant life and also animal life. Second density. So now there's some movement, and there is some growth. And there is, basically it's gone, it's a more organized state of matter. So that dirt has been sucked up by the, by the seed, and it's now become a more organized form of matter. And it's less dense than before. So this is a kind of a group consciousness. So you'll see ants just working together. How do they do it? My goodness, a large colony of ants, they just know what to do. It's not one ant, it's that group consciousness. You know? The entire forest seems to have its own consciousness. Do you, do you know that if you light a fire in one corner of the forest, trees on the other end of the forest start showing signs of distress. You can measure distress in trees by various electrodes and things. Trees on the other end of for the forest start showing distress. Oh, how do they know? They have a kind of a group mind, it's like a hive mind. Second density. Third density is human beings. Now we are self-aware, right? So I sense myself sitting here, all of you sitting there. If I think like that, then this is third density. This is me versus you, self-aware. Am I, is my hair all right? <laughs> you know, am I looking okay? What kind of, how am I landing on all of you? Self-awareness. One interesting thing that they also add here is pets are between second and third. But because we've taken them out of their normal situation, put them at home, and we call them by their name, and we give them what they want, and we love them, then they start responding to their name, and they literally start behaving like humans. Did you know that many pets have the same disease that humans have? <laughs> they start getting the, the diabetes, and they start getting the heart attack, and they start... Because even pets living with us, they also take on stories. They also take on beliefs. They also take on that. So, anyway, but the point is pets start becoming more self-aware. So, this is a different density. And so, each... Uh, between each density are another sub-seven, and between, it's like, it's like a fractal, between that and another sub-seven. There's a whole range, infinity between each one of them. But very broadly, elements, plant and animal life, human life. And now we're in a state of transition where we realize that the self-seeking is getting us in big trouble. So now we're realizing we can't just live for me, 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 we've got to live for we. Otherwise we're all in big trouble. So this is fourth density emerging, love and understanding. When you turn that me around, it becomes a V, W-E, right? And we realize that, you know, we have to look out for each other. Otherwise, we're all pretty much doomed. So of all, the, of all the levels of all the densities, third is supposed to be the most narrow, the most compact, and which is why we have so much manthan happening. By the way, there's friction at every level, right? Elements rubbing against each other lead to plant and animal life. Plant and animals rubbing against each other, rubbing against each other, starts to generate self-consciousness. What about me? 
human beings rubbing against each other, rubbing against each other, now we realize that, listen, this is not going to work. We have to go to the next level. So you see how even friction is an essential part of this process. Friction is not a bad thing. Friction is essential. If it wasn't for friction and burning in your life, you probably would not have come here today. You're looking, you're seeking deep down. Come on, I need some better answers. This is not, the old strategies aren't working anymore. So we want to update our software. Fourth density, love and understanding. And uh, so we're in transition. And again, like I said, between third and fourth, there are multiple sub-densities. So how, to what extent are we looking at the world from inside out as opposed to outside in? To what extent have we recognized that as I shift my consciousness, the outer world changes? Is it just a fancy new age concept? Or have you actually experienced it? And have you not just experienced it, do you live by that rule? That when there's a conflict in the family, you say, don't say, oh, that uncle and that aunt and that mom and that dad. No, me. Let me update my something. If it's coming up in my experience, it's reflecting me. I've got to change something here. So then you generate higher states of being inside of you. You radiate that into your environment. And things start to shift. Fourth density. Fourth density beings will do things that for us will seem miraculous. <laughs> they will achieve things that for us will seem completely miraculous. Because also with the densities, dimensions shift. Dimensions of space and time. So what you and I consider space and time, oh, this is space, this is time, time is linear. It's not so anymore. Already at fourth density, like I talked about the experiment on love, he was praying for people in the past who had been in the hospital, and they began to heal. So now, now time is not as linear, it's not a cage as it used to be. You see, all the, the dimensions start being less and less of a cage for us. The cages start becoming more permeable throughout as we're moving up the densities. So we're much more fluid with space and time. Fifth density is now wisdom. Love was still, at, there was still an imbalance in love. It was too much about the other and us. And you know, and somewhere we'd forgotten to look back in, at the source of this. So fifth density is about wisdom. It's a balancing of the previous density. And the other, other interesting thing about fifth density, it's supposed to be a place of instant manifestation. So you think of it, boom, it's there. <laughs> because you realize that space and time is irrelevant, right? So you can think. So you wanted to win the first prize in some competition. But you forgot that actually what you were seeking was that state of consciousness. It was not that first prize. You wanted the, the encouragement, the, the, the hugs from your coach and from everybody. That's what you were really seeking. So you seek that, you experience that now, boom. And because for you space and time is much more fluid, you actually experience that right now, instant manifestation. Instant manifestation. Starts happening. And the more you play with this, I have an experience from today. I, was, I like to challenge myself to think of a random powerful thought. So I just thought this random thought, I thought, I want to experience a powerful synchronicity today. I want a synchronicity. I want to experience many synchronicities today. And a minute or two later, I picked up my phone, and my friend had sent me a photograph. He's in Istanbul airport. I posted it on Facebook. He's in Istanbul airport. And the shop over there is called Joy Shop. That's what I call my workshops. I call them Joy Shops. <laughs> I said, that's pretty cool. I think that, that, that passes the synchronicity. That he happened to see a shop called Joy Shop. And that's what I call my workshops. Right? Amazing. So synchronicities. So you invite it, so more and more it starts being true for you. We all glimpse it, you see. But is that your living state? What is your native state? We all visit different countries, but where do you live? Where do you hang out? Which density are you hanging out in? So fourth is love, fifth is wisdom. Even with wisdom there's an imbalance. It becomes too much about everything is empty. What difference does it make? So it's all a story. So now what difference does it make? So you could be suffering, you could be depressed. Well, deal with it, it's a story. You see? So we can get a little bit indifferent. 
we can get a little bit too preoccupied with ourselves. So now sixth density is the balancing of love and wisdom. That yes, it's empty, yes, it's all a story, but that doesn't stop us from reaching out and giving a lending hand. Now what's beautiful about sixth density is that we no longer have separate physical forms. Already physical forms have become more and more uh, you know, diffuse. In sixth density, we are like literally, we don't have no longer physical form, and we're just like one memory. We're like one social memory complex. So like our internet is in electronic space, this becomes true for us in consciousness space. Imagine all our life experience in this room, all our life experience, all our wisdom was just available poof to all of us instantly, all our learnings, all our soul learnings are available at one point. Nothing would need to be said. And that's just one room, imagine all of us. So the metaphor they give is, imagine the size of a planet, like Mother Earth, right? Think of Mother Earth. I don't know if this is technically true, but think of Mother Earth as a sixth density being. There are countless life forms in Mother Earth, and it's a living being, it's a mother, it's Gaia. It is a social, even though it has physical form, although or we imagine it has physical form, maybe it doesn't have physical form, that's a story, who knows. It's a sixth density being. One way of looking at it, right? Now this is so powerful that no longer space-time no longer applies, you can think yourself anywhere in the universe at any time in the universe. You saw that movie Lucy? where she has these, uh, uh, these, these, these drugs and she suddenly becomes like, she becomes like God and everything is available to her. Just like we, we you know, on our iPad, we swap, we sweep, what do you say? Swap, swipe. swipe. We swipe and the photos go running, all the photos go running. So she just swipes and space and time just move as she swipes. Space and time is available to her. She can swipe back, she can swipe into the future. So imagine like being able to access anything, any place, any time. And now this is the place where tremendous love and compassion for your entire journey, because you see all of it is you. You see all of that has been you. That's what we call our higher self. Our higher self is our fourth density, fifth density, sixth density self. That is our higher self whispering to us in our dreams, giving us intuitions, giving us counsel all the time. When we are praying to our angels, could that angel just be your higher self? <laughs> you see? And so now, so sending out so now literally experiencing your entire from first density onwards, everything, all the learning are now being consolidated, consolidated, consolidated. This is also called retiring consciousness. Retiring consciousness. Now regridding, reimagining, re-understanding, gratitude for everything that happened on the journey. You're digesting it literally. And seventh density, letting it all go. <laughs> now it is fully digested. The purpose of the meal was not to digest it, it was to feel how to become it, right? It does not become it. Now, everything then, then meshes and merges into it, it, itself. Space and time, as we know it, disappear. So physically you can imagine like a black hole, where literally all of creation is now sucked in. The whole, of the whole universe began with this elements, and they're now being eaten up back into the hole. And now we go to eighth density, which is actually, actually the same as first density. <laughs> It's a new universe, taking all of these learnings, and now a new universe is born. And it's not just one such universe, it is countless such universes. So right now there are countless such universes, which are simultaneously going from 1 to 7 to 8 to 10. Eighth density is also, on one hand it's out of it, and on the other hand it's also in it. This is the paradox. You're out of it, yet you're in it. You can't explain that through our level of understanding. So on one hand you're totally free, and on the other hand you're totally committed. They're totally invested. Both of these simultaneously. And what's cool is, so all of these are happening simultaneously. So simultaneously there are multiple universes in all directions. 
and all the levels that are available. And right now, all the levels that are available to us. So right now, a part of you is at first density. A part of you is at second. There's an animal nature in us. There's a plant nature in us. There's a human nature in us. There's a loving nature in us. There's a wise nature in us. There's a oneness in us. And there's an emptiness and a beyondness. And there's an absolute beyond the absolute. It's all here. And where am I hanging out? What story am I telling? The quality of my story is the quality of my life. So this was a, I tried to give a quick summary of it. <laughs> now, I'd like to take a minute of, a moment of just quiet. Then we're going to get into some interesting games. Just take a moment, let all this settle. Don't try to remember it, it's all there, it's all available. Just empty yourself. And could it be that everything you're seeking, could it be that everything you're seeking is already here? You just never noticed. So I'll take a slow deep breath. Let's say together, how wonderful. All of you, open your eyes. So now a few exercises that can help us integrate this in our life. All right, and just play with me. So the first one is, First one is, just say this with me. Wouldn't it be fun if? Right, so wouldn't it be fun if? And I'm inviting you to awaken your multi-dimensional consciousness, which means our normal senses, how can it happen? When will it happen? You know, all of these limitations, we all the but now we're just stepping out of that, wouldn't it be fun if? Like children say, wouldn't it be fun if something happened? So we're going to play that game for a little while. So I'll start with the first one. And every time I say something, just take a little pause for a few seconds. Just feel it. Because the point is not just to say things, to feel it and then to be them. So let's say together, I think it, I think it. till I feel it. I think it. 
I feel it till I am it. <laughs> so we're using words and thoughts as a trigger point to access something. It's not the words, it's that trigger point. It's that access. So let me start. So wouldn't it be fun if, uh, listen to me. So wouldn't it be fun if each one of us here really recognizes that they are not limited to any of their stories or by any of their stories? Tune into that. How wonderful. Um. Anybody else? Fill in the blanks. Wouldn't it be fun if, and it could be anything, okay? So don't be uh, influenced by what I just said. It could be anything. Wouldn't it be fun if we could all fly? Wouldn't it be fun if we could all fly? You've obviously never heard about airlines, but it's fine. <laughs> but okay, let's tune in. That's a good one. And really imagine yourself being able to levitate at any time. And just Today you don't have to go through traffic, you can just zoom back to your home. <laughs> Let's all say, how wonderful. Um. And the question is, as you said that, and as you felt, could you actually feel a little bit more expanded? Yeah. Did you? Yeah? Did you feel lighter? Right? So what you just did was, you used the thought, the story, to shift your consciousness. That's what you just did. You're using a different story to shift it. And people say, but that's not true. But it is true. You felt something very real in you. And your inner being said, yeah, that's closer to who I really am. You see, when you're feeling expanded, when you're feeling in flow, when you're feeling aligned, that's your inner being saying, yes, go in that direction. Yes, please, more of that. When you feel contracted, that's your inner being saying, no, 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 you're getting it wrong. That's not really the way it is. But somebody else. Beautiful, all right. Wouldn't it be fun if we could all live our own definition of happiness? How wonderful. Um, Anyone else? There was no friction among people. Among people. Including during sex? <laughs> How wonderful. <laughs> so no friction among people. See what that what that does. How wonderful. Um. You see, everything we say is pointing to a certain density. When she says no friction, it looks, sounds like fourth density, sounds like love. Or could even sound like sixth density, we literally become like one, you see. So everything we are saying, we are creating universes in that moment. You're not an inhabitant of Delhi, you're an inhabitant of some density or the other, by the way, and you're creating more of that. You are propagating more of that by everything you say and even everything you don't say, everything you think at every moment. Somebody else? And we could fly. <laughs> All right. 
How wonderful. What's that quote? I'm forgetting who it's by. He says, uh, people look at things the way they are and they say, why? I, 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 yeah, that have never been. I think of things that have never been and I say, why not? You see, that's, I forget who it's by, but it's a beautiful quote. And so that's exactly what we're doing here. All right? We're actually, this is exactly it. We are expanding ourselves. We are expanding beyond. And every great innovation in our world has come through someone questioning, why not? There were no boundaries, there yes. No it's so true. There is a question of somebody not belonging anywhere. Yes, it's true. Exactly. So let's upgrade this uh, statement. Say with me. Wouldn't it be fun to have the magical ability to? And all magical abilities available to you. There's a whole encyclopedia full of them. So choose a good one. Anybody. Not to have any problems. Wow, wow, wow. But for my talk, I'll do it. All right. There's a quote uh, like, yeah. if, you, if you go as far as you can see, yeah. then you will see enough to go even farther. All right, nice. Okay. So let's tune into that one and both of what, what you both said. Wouldn't it be fun to have the magical ability to not have any problems? All right. How wonderful. The rest of you, I want you to say something that you have never thought of before. I want you to challenge yourself. So I'm giving you the magical ability to say something that you've never heard of before or never thought of before. So tell me something like that. Wouldn't it be fun if you have the magical ability to respond to that? To traverse all the dimensions. All right, great. Tune in. So in fact, right now, let's do it. I'm just going to mention the densities. And I want you to get a taste of them. All right, so first density, elements. Tune in. Second density, plant life, animal life. Don't just think of it, become it. Third density, humanity. Fourth density, love. Let's just say you have absolute conviction that every single thing in the universe can be accessed and resolved through love. This is your absolute conviction. What's that like? Fifth density, wisdom, seeing everything the way it is, 
and also instant manifestation. Sixth density, balancing of love and wisdom, seeing through the illusion and yet caring, yet lending a hand. Reaching out to all the previous densities and lending a hand. Seventh density, thoroughly digesting all of this. Emptying oneself out. And eighth density, beyond the beyond the beyond. Beyond every possible notion. The one absolute infinite, infinite intelligence. Take a slow deep breath. Let's say together, how wonderful. Beautiful. Yeah. Hmm. So, um, let's try another one. So this one, just say with me. I'm turning the dial of my frequency to, and then you fill in the blanks, right? So basically what we're saying is you can access any frequency. So for example, I could say I'm turning the dial of my frequency to that of a fresh flower on a mountainside. Right, I'm turning the dial of my frequency to a child tasting lemon for the first time. <laughs> I'm turning the dial of my frequency to a person who's just won gold medal in the Olympics. Right. I'm just giving you examples. It could be anything, right? Or in your case, it could be like even something very personal. I'm chewing the dial of my frequency to what it feels like to be my perfect weight and my perfect health. Right. It could be anything. So, first, do, just do it yourself in your mind, and then we'll have some examples from all of you. So I'm turning the dial of my frequency to, fill in the blanks, and then pause. Can anybody fill in the blanks? Say the whole thing. 
I'm turning the dial of my frequency to 2 so her book just hit the bestseller list it's the number one book most read and wanted and loved book in the world right now let's tune into that author's feelings And just say with me, everybody, granted. granted. <laughs> Somebody else. Turning the dial of my frequency to the consciousness of Buddha. So he said to the consciousness of the Buddha. So tune in. And be willing to be surprised. How wonderful. Someone else? So I'm turning the dial of my frequency to a life without resistance, which means from this moment onwards, whatever comes up, everything that comes up, there will be no resistance. And even if there is resistance, there will be no resistance to that resistance. There will always be a part of me completely free of resistance. Super fluidity, super conductivity. How wonderful. How wonderful. Someone else? Can I do it instead of saying me with oh, Of course, of course. I give you permission. Can you say the I'm telling I'm turning the dialogue. I'm telling the dialogue of frequency. Yeah, that's fine. From lay to love. From? Lake to love. From what lay? Lake. Lake. Oh, lack, lack. From lack to love. All right. So everybody, she's tuned all of us already. From lack to love, experience what it's like. How wonderful. Are you able to sense as we're doing this? Are you able to sense? You'll find, you might find different images come. You might find different feelings come. And 
yeah, basically, you just feel that there's a kind of a shift happening of some kind, right? Because these are different thoughts than you normally think. And because they're different thoughts than you normally think, it's a different experience. We are living in the feelings of our thinking. We are not living in a common universe. No, we are not. We are living in our own little bubble of stories. If you update your stories enough, this entire universe will disappear. Boom. It's gone. That consensus reality, if you start questioning it, it'll start unraveling. The agreement, right? So one, another good one is, please say with me, I give myself permission to... I give myself permission to... Alright, who's gonna go? To have a 100% complaint-free life, wonderful. <coughs> how wonderful. I want to, before somebody else says, Jyoti, how are you doing? It settled. <laughs> ah, okay, so good. Okay, so there was a car. Not a scooter, but a It was a car, but it's gotten sorted out. Okay, okay. Okay. But now it's resolved? It's resolved, alright. So, all I want to say about this incident that just happened is if the car was hit and she had to go out, is when you're in a higher level of, the same thing could have happened at a lower level of consciousness. Can you see how could have, it could have, could have gone really bad? We could have had a really big conflict, we could have had, you know, demanded this and demanded that, and we could have had a lot of conflict. The same thing happened, for whatever reason it happened, and it's dealt with rather smoothly. So what this does is, the more you understand this, is your life starts flowing more smoothly. It doesn't mean unwanted things don't happen. They will happen, but you will regrid, recalibrate, reorient yourself a lot faster. You will come back to equilibrium. Sorry? Acceptance comes a lot faster, right? You will re-come back to your center a lot faster. Eventually, you will have no center. It's called life without a center. When you have no center left, there's nothing to return to anymore. Then everything that's happening is absolute perfection. You see? So yes, I give myself permission to somebody else. Go through all the gates. Go through all the gates means? All the gates that are opening up? You're going through all the gates. Oh, you want to step beyond the threshold, you've been holding back? All right. So I give myself permission to go through the gate, whatever gate it is. What is the gate that you've been holding yourself back? Can you just now enter it finally? All right. Deep breath. How wonderful. This is very beautiful what you've said because I love this teaching. That there's, only some, there's only so much we can do by ourselves. So there is a call and then there is a response. There is a call and then there's a response. So from your side you can put your best and then you've got to leave the rest. So you can bring yourself to that gate but then beyond that, let it happen. Right. So even with all of these teachings, just go this far. Don't try to push all the way through. It was never meant to be. The idea of 100%, let that idea, leave that idea 100%. Not the idea that I will achieve everything in my life. You can't. You cannot achieve everything in your life. A lot of things are happening by themselves. Right. 
So we do our best and then we leave the rest. So the idea of surrender. So we invoke. So whenever you're feeling stuck and trapped, remember it's not the circumstances, it's your state of consciousness. You take out one little step and say, just say, help. <laughs> say, help. <laughs> and you will get help. You will get help from the people around you. You'll get help from higher sources. You'll get help from all kinds of amazing, just help. I need help. The help is waiting, but the help needs your permission. If you're convinced that I am just a terrible person, nothing can ever work out, I'm this the scum of the world, well, then you've got to taste that. You, see, you, you chose that. So choose a friendly universe. Choose a universe where there's countless help available. Choose a fun universe. Why should it have to be a struggle? Right. So challenge some of the notion that life is hard, life is a struggle. Really? Is it true? Are you absolutely sure it's true? Is it for every single person in the world is that true? Or are there some people who are just blissing out? <laughs> and even in hospital, they're laughing. Are there, are there, are, is there even one example of a person in a hospital who's cheering other patients up? Right? If there is, then that thing, that's av it's available to you as well. It's available to all of us. They're thinking a different thought. They're believing a different story. So this is very good. So we can make the invitation. We can invite it. I give myself permission. Do I invite? Another nice one is, I am now downloading, and you can fill in the blanks. So for example, I'm now downloading uh, the ability to learn new things really fast. Could be one. Right? I'm downloading the ability to just hold a book and pretty much get whatever it has to say. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> So this concept of surrender, yeah. I really wanted something to happen and it wasn't happening. Yeah. So I surrendered. It was meant to happen, let it happen. Beautiful. Yeah. So it happened very quick. Right. I was within the next three, four hours. Right. Yes. But it has not happened again. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But now your ego made a strategy out of it. Yeah. Because that's when you truly let go. You, like you said, you know, I really, it's okay now, you know. And you truly let go. And when you come to that place of, I empty myself, I give myself up. You went through the gears, and you came to the place of, I'm unknown. Right? But now the ego is holding out. Okay, now if you surrender, you get what you want. <laughs> so now you see it's not a surrender anymore. It's now become a tactic. You see how the ego is so subtle, so clever. I'm reading this book. Let me show it to you. It's called The Direct Means to Eternal Bliss. It's by a teacher called Michael Langford. Yeah, Michael Langford. A small little book, Direct Means to Eternal Bliss. It's got these short, short chapters. It's not my favorite writing style, but it is absolutely true. <laughs> he is showing us again and again how our ego is going to use every single thing to sustain itself. Everything becomes an ego-sustaining strategy. So every teaching from today can also become an ego-sustaining strategy. How can I further my sense of my agenda, basically? Whatever your identity is, how can I further that identity? So you've got to be very, very mindful. So in this book, you, every chapter you read, he says, now read this chapter two more, two more times, because it's already been distorted by your ego. <laughs> and it's true, so I've been reading every chapter three, three times, I'm like, wow, I never read that last time. <laughs> I never read that last time. That never hit home the way it's hitting home now. And at the end, he gives a few simple methods. One of the methods he gives in this book is the awareness-watching-awareness method, which in the system I shared with you right now is gear number three. Gear number three is awareness-watching-awareness. Awareness. Knowing that knowing is happening. Right. Another method he gives in this book is the loving-all method. So just love all. Love all of creation. Love everyone. Love everything.
So we're coming to the, I just want to see if we want to summarize now. There's a question that came up for me this morning, which I liked a lot. And just say this with me. What will it give me that I don't have now? It's an interesting question, all right? So what this means is, what will that give me that I don't have now? So what will that relationship give me? What will more money in the bank give me? What will that, those love and the, the accolades of the whole world give me? What will being the most famous person in the world give me? What will that cool website give me that I don't already have now? It's a cool, very interesting question to ask. Because we imagine it's going to fill up some void, right? But is that really true? Because at the end of it, you're still just left with you. You're still just, after all of it, you're just left with you and you. The sense doors are there. The inner feelings are there, the thoughts are there, the consciousness is there, it's still there. So you all heard the story, right, of the, uh, there are many versions of it. But basically the, the, okay, the businessman goes to the Mexican beach and he sees the, the fisherman. And he says that, uh, he looks at him, he observes him, I've been observing you. And I think if you take, it's, oh, okay, he asked him, what's your day like? He says, oh, I'm going to, I finished fishing, I'm going to sell my fish, I'm going to go home. What will you do then? I'll have a siesta, I'll play some guitar, I'll play with my kids, I'll go to the evening, I'll, I'll go to the bar, you already know the story. But basically, so then he says, but you know what, if you go to the sea one more time, then you can make, you can catch more fish, and then you can hire a crew, and after a while you can hire get another boat, and after a while you can get three boats, and then you can even stop fishing, other people will fish for you, then you can float a company, and then come to the US, we'll, we'll put it on the stock market, and give it three, four years, you can sell the company, and with those stocks you'll be a millionaire. Trust me, I have helped many people like this. And then the fisherman says, but then what do I do after I'm a millionaire? Now, he never thought beyond that. <laughs> he says, well, if you're a millionaire, you can buy a house in a village like this, and then, <laughs> and since you like going in the ocean, you can go for good old times sake, you can go fishing. And then you can, you know, <laughs> all the things that he doesn't, you can take a siesta, you can play your guitar. He said, but senor, I'm already doing that. <laughs> and we laugh at those stories, but we're all doing this. You see, this is it. We're running. And we're forgetting that could it be that what we are seeking is already right here now. So what is the question again, one more time. What will it give me that I don't have now? And that doesn't mean you stop doing stuff. It just means you don't do it from this lack and emptiness consciousness. Because whenever you do it from a lack consciousness, you're doing it from a lower density. Right? You're doing it from a lower level of consciousness. But when you're doing it from a sense of fullness, then it's like all of the whole universe is tasting itself through you. It's not just your little this, that, polarity consciousness. Because now you're already full, right? If you're already full, now imagine you're a king who has disguised himself or herself and just gone into the kingdom to explore what's going on. Do you really get affected the way other people get affected? No, you have a totally different, you know that you're not this. You're just here to experience what's it like. I once wrote, huh? It doesn't matter. If you don't mind, exactly. If you don't mind, then it doesn't matter. Perfect, right? So could it be that you're an already enlightened seventh, eighth density being who has had such infinite non-time levels of bliss Let's take a vacation from bliss. <laughs> let's go to planet Earth where it's nice and spicy. <laughs> and let's take on some cool challenges, right? So could it be, just like we play video games, you load this one up and say, okay, now we're going to get into this density and we're going to forget everything. Or we'll give us a few hints now and again. But we're going to forget everything and wouldn't that be cool? Only for 78 years. <laughs> Which basically is not even a finger snap, right? 
So could that, but that's a CT, I just told you a different, different kind of story. But if the story expands you, it's a high quality story. It's a thorn that pulls out another thorn. All right. So today we have talked about different aspects. And I just want to leave you with two things at the end of this. Uh, one is the five gear thing that we talked about, right? And especially the third gear I want to emphasize, if you can, uh, be aware that you're aware. For short moments throughout the day, mute. Two to five seconds, at least 12 times a day, mute your thinking, revisit, revisit, revisit. It's not enough to sit here in this perfect atmosphere. It's not, go it's not going to, you may recognize something, but you've got to revisit, revisit, revisit. And then refine. If you can, take out some time. You, you're gonna, this is the way to upgrade your life, not just working hard to put more money in the bank. This is the way you really upgrade your life. <coughs> and the results are going to be exponential dramatic progression, more than you can imagine. You're going to completely change your past, your future. You're going to raise all of humanity with you. The whole universe is waiting for you to wake up, actually. All right, so that's the first one. Five gear, especially gear number three. Throughout the day, be aware that you're aware. Be aware that you're aware. This is one. In other words, what will it give me that I don't have now? You have it now. So taste that. And gear two is, or not the gear two, but this is actually gear five, which is the uh, intention. And this one is, please say with me, practice the feeling, practice the feeling of having it now. Right? So like I said, I turned the dial of my frequency to... So when we say infinite blessings too, what we're saying is it is done. It is done, it is taken care of, that person, that situation is now being taken care of. I have passed it on to a higher authority, a higher intelligence, it is taken care of. And even if it, to me it seems it's out of hand, like my wife has gone to the operating theater and the, my doctor's cutting her open to take out, oh my goodness. No, but there, he's in, she's in safe hands. Doctor knows what he's doing. Caesarean section is required in this particular case. It's good for the child and the baby in this particular case. So it may seem like it's a terrible thing, it may actually be a good thing, right? So we let go of our strong assumptions that I know. And we come to the place of I don't know and I trust, right? So these are the two things I want to leave you with. Awareness of awareness, even for short moments, and taste the taste of having it now, feel the feeling of having it now. In other words, whatever you want to experience in this entire universe, all the levels of consciousness, all the densities, it's available to you. Practice that now. And this is how we awaken multi-dimensional consciousness. How wonderful. How wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Take a moment.
just completely empty yourself? <coughs> completely empty yourself. Nice deep breaths. And just say with me, I am, I am a, secret a secret agent of the absolute. Of the absolute. And my mission is. And that's your homework. You're going to find out what your mission is. <laughs> so you can fill it up any way you like, right? So. My mission is to spread happiness for no reason. My mission is to get people to accept themselves. My mission is to make people realize their infinite possibilities. My mission is to make everyone realize that they've got an inner child that needs to be hugged and tickled. Could be anything, but you, have, you can choose your own mission. Right? So you have, to, you have to come up with one answer. In fact, come up with one place-holding answer just right now. All right, so tune in. Tell the person next to you. And then by evening, you should have an even better answer. And you can keep on refining the answer. But right now, you fill in the blanks. So what are the whole statement? I am a secret agent of the absolute. And my mission is... Take half a minute. Tune in. Let the words find you. breath and whatever little answer you got tell the person next to you and say granted granted what's yours what's yours so now your secret mission is to get everyone to be more part of nature, to recognize the part of nature. Yes. Right. All right. So they're back in the, they're in touch with the rhythms of nature. What's yours? Celebration. Celebration, perfect. Music. Music, oh, perfect. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Secret agents. There's no coincidence. <laughs> so, I want you to be, uh, I want you to be slightly dissatisfied with your answer. <laughs> I want you to refine your answer. I mean, this, it could be already be perfect, but I want you to, it to be such a great answer that just thinking of it literally lights you up. 
you know it's the right answer when it just lights you up, right? And that's the, then that one sentence that my mission is, or my purpose is, or my calling is, or I'm here to, just reminding yourself of that is enough to immediately raise your consciousness. And when you raise your consciousness, you inhabit a different universe, you awaken different possibilities, you awaken everyone around you to that extent. All right, you've been sitting for a while, stretch your legs, have a nice interaction. How do we? <laughs> you will know, you will know. When you stop asking the question, have I found it, is when you found it. When you stop asking the question. How are you? We'll talk about it. All right, thank you, everybody. How are you?